to fight whom? Here Jennifer's voice broke through. That will be most agreeable. I have always said that the yellow room needs but a trifle altering, and it will make... Oh, but Francis would never see it. And with a new wallpaper. We certainly must have a new wallpaper. To fight Walter Harry's and all that were his. As rogue Harry's in his tumble-down house in Borrowdale had fought all the world, as Francis, his grandson, had tried to fight the world and failed, so now would she fight Walter, flamboyant, triumphing Walter, made of will and his money-bags, sworn to extinguish Jennifer and her children and all that were in Fell House, Aldale. It had been the wish of her whole life to flee from all the Harrys and live in the hills as her mother had lived before her. But Walter Harrys had challenged her, and she had taken up the challenge. Not that it would be difficult, Jennifer was saying, to find another girl to work with Doris. Girls will come willingly enough now that you're going to remain, Judith, dear. Walter and his two children, Uland and Elizabeth, with all the money in the world, against Jennifer and her children, undefended and helpless. Judith and her Adam, fatherless and by law without a name. Jennifer was going on. And Walter will not dare, now that you're remaining, Judith. You're the only one of us all of whom he's afraid. He will not dare. Would he not? so large and confident and powerful. Had he not said that he would snuff them out? Jennifer, John, Dorothy, Ray's fell house to the ground. And what had she, small, elderly, alone, with no one in the world belonging to her save Adam, to oppose to that strength? Nevertheless, she looked across to Jennifer triumphantly. "'We will give Walter something to think about,' she said. "'And you can go to Wattenlat when you wish,' Jennifer said. "'Oh, no. Wattenlat is over for me. Wattenlat is ended. A closed valley.' "'But how foolish, Judith. It's only a mile or two. It is the other end of the world. She did not tell anyone how that night, with Adam asleep beside her, she cried. She lay awake for half the night, hearing the owl hoot, a mouse scuttle, and seeing a slow, lonely moon trace with her silver finger a question mark across the floor. Her thoughts were wild, incoherent, most mingled. At one moment she was fiercely rebellious. She sat up, staring about her. No, she would not remain. She would tell Jennifer in the morning that she revoked her decision. She allowed her fancy, then, to play with the lovely sequence of events if she went. Tom Ritson should arrive in his cart. She and Adam would be packed into it, and after tearful farewells they would be off, down the hill with one last backward wave at the bottle-green windows of the Aldale shop and the slow, friendly shoulder of the moor. Along the road to Bassenthwaite, beside the lake, Keswick, 
then up the hill again, above Lodor, and then... Oh, happiness! Oh, joy! The little valley closing them in, the long green field, the tumbling punch-bowl, the two farms, her own John Greenhouse and the Ritzens. Below the farm the round scoop of the tarn, black or silver or blue, the amphitheatre of the hills, the sheep nosing at the turf, the cattle moving in the byre, and, best of all, Charlie Watson, straight as an arrow in spite of his years, riding towards her over the stones. The fresh sweet air, tang of soil and bracken, glitter of stones, sweep of the changing sky. She had to catch the sheets between her hands.